I'm starting recording on that note. So I'm all fired up <laughs> over here because that social media post hit an algorithm. And Gabe says to me, bro, you can't get too high because if you ride too high, then you get too low on the lows. And so tell I me didn't. what you mean by that, because I just thought we'd start recording. And um, well, I mean, okay. dude, when you're playing the social media game and you're playing it at like, you know, I don't even want to say you're playing the social media game. I think that we've gotten to a point, you've gotten to a point where like, you're putting out some like really good, meaningful content. But like, I know firsthand from even, you know, when I go on my spurts of like, yeah, I'm going to post every day and try and put a good out good stuff. Like if you start to like really rely on like, are they doing well, then you're just setting yourself up for if you get two or three days where you're not, it could be so discouraging. Whereas like, if you're really in this, which like, you know, we talk about this all the time, like building a brand, putting out a message, same way. It's like training, getting fit. Like it's all about consistency. What do you need to do to set yourself up to be consistent for not just a week, not just a month, not just six months, but like until something changes, right? Like you have to be consistent. And I think when you're trying to do the social media thing, like put out content for anyone that, you know, maybe in the new year wants to start a podcast, start posting more. Like, I think those are all great goals. You really can't ride the highs, man. Cause if you ride the highs, if you're like super excited when something goes viral, something does really well, obviously you should celebrate that and take some learnings from it. But the, the, the higher you ride those highs, dude, the lows, lows are tough, man. And, and, and you got to be careful because then, you know, you have two, three days and all of a sudden, like, you know, you start equating like the, the results to your effort and it becomes super discouraging. So dude, when it comes to social media, you got to be careful, man. It's, it's a double-edged sword for a lot of reasons, but I think that one of the most useful things, if you're trying to be really consistent and turn that stuff on is like, definitely look at it, interact, like see what's working, see what isn't but really kind of try and regulate how pumped you get about things that work really well. Um, because, you know, the higher you go, the, 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 the lower, the lows are going to feel for sure. Yeah. I, dude, I think you hit the nail on the head. I do think for anyone in 2024 who's trying to, like, you know, brand build social media, things like that. The way I like to look, look at social media is like Instagram is a really interesting thing because it's a great way to engage. I'm on direct messages. It's awesome. But we love to point people towards our newsletter and towards the podcast because we could have really meaningful, legit conversations here instead of just trying to captivate people with like a 20 second clip. That being said, I think that what I've had to learn about social media is like, dude, if it performs great, great. If it doesn't perform great. Oh, well, just keep putting out the message. Keep putting out things that you believe in and don't chase the algorithm. It's something it's been hard for me to learn, man. It's been a hard learning lesson for me because what I found and even to this day a little bit, but if I'm being like brutally honest, what I found is that, and I, I don't know, I bet you someone listening is be like, dude, I feel that same way. What I found is that when I would post in the morning and the post would perform well, I would be in a better mood. But if I posted and the post did not perform well, I would find myself in a worse mood. And I remembered saying to myself, I cannot allow something that's outside my control to dictate the way I feel throughout my day, especially when there's an algorithm that I have no, no control over, zero. And even if I did, why am I chasing an algorithm? I should be chasing content that's meaningful to me and eventually it'll, it'll work for the right people. And that was a tough lesson to learn because I, I would just find myself like, you know, a little pep in my step when, when oh shit, all right, like it's, it's, it's performed really well. Or, uh, you know, if it didn't, 
And I had to really say like, kind of post it and it will be what it is and move on. Um, that's the advice I have. And just like Gabe was saying, if you are interested in building a brand or getting a podcast or getting into social media, just recognize there's going to be seasons where you're going to feel super fired up. And this happens to me on other platforms. I've been pretty consistent on Instagram for, I mean, well over 10 years, at well over 10 years. I've been very consistent. And we've been very consistent on the podcast for a long time. And I've been, get to stop shaking your head. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but when you're not consistent, you can't really build something. And it doesn't happen overnight. We talked about Mr. Beast on this podcast. You know, that guy's been posting like every day since he was like, you know, however many years. And it took him like seven years to finally get something that was meaningful. So it will take time. Just figure out, post because you want to make an impact, not because you're trying to chase dollars or or followers or likes. It's just not yeah. going to work. Yeah. And, and speak about stuff that you genuinely feel passionate about. You know, I think that for, it's funny, there's so many thoughts coming into my head because there's so many recent things that I've listened to that we can kind of take this conversation into. One of them, and this was on a Chris Williamson podcast, was he was talking about how sometimes- Big Chris Williamson fan, Gabe Yanez is big Chris Williamson. I'm in a big Chris Williamson uh, phase right now. I'm going through a lot of his stuff. I think he has great guests and he does a great job interviewing them. Um, and there's something about an accent that makes you want to like pay attention a little more, I think. Right. There's something about an accent that just like, it makes it a more pleasurable listen. Like it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, you feel like they're like, dude, you could say something in like a, a British or different type of accent. And it's like, fuck that dude's hella smart. Like, right. No matter what they're saying, like, you know, I'm not even going to try and have an accent. It's good. <laughs> Please so. don't. Anyway, but what he was saying that this reminds me of is sometimes we look at people specifically on social media, right? Because on social media, we're able to kind of get like a, or what seems like a, a sneak peek into a lot of people's lives and what's going on. And, you know, one thing that, you know, I think has been said a lot and it's, it's obvious is that, you know, social media is very much a highlight reel. You know, you look at anyone, they're not posting the lows, they're posting all the highs, right? And if that's all that you're seeing, all that you're seeing is everyone when they're, you know, coming off a diet and looking really good when they're like super happy with their spouse, when the kid is like, you know, being super cute and smiling, like you don't see all the flip sides of all that. Right. But I think that what he was saying is that sometimes when you look at someone else and you're like, Hey man, that must be really nice. Like he's, he's got it all. You also have to realize that that comes from a place of everyone has negatives that come with that stuff. And what he was specifically talking about was, I don't know if you saw this Elon Musk um, interview recently where he said, you know, like people don't know what it's like in my head. It's really not fun. Like you, you wouldn't want this. And they were talking about how he like, for someone like that, that's thinking constantly, like going at like, you know, 1000 RPMs, it could be super exhausting, you know? And like, sure, that's what it takes to have as many ideas as he's had and, you know, do all the things that he has. Um, and obviously that gives you in our society, a lot of money and a lot of clout and a lot of whatever that people might think is something you want to aim for, but everything comes with its trade-offs. And I think that sometimes what he was saying is you would quote unquote, trade your situation for someone else's, assuming that you're only going to get the good and not the bad. But you have to realize that everyone's got some positives, but everyone definitely has some negatives that either, you know, built the road to get to where they are now that if you really knew about, like, would you really want to trade it? Like, you don't know. And the thing is, you never know. And so it's this idea. And the analogy he had is like, when you want to like trade places with someone else, you think that you can like take their like 
being a la carte, like pick all the things that you like and not everything else. But it's not like if you could trade it in, you would have to trade in for everything. And would you really want that? And if you really start peeling back those layers, it's not as straightforward as like, hey, person X seems to have really famous and have a lot of money and not have to worry about the things that I'm worried about. I would love to be in those situations. Meanwhile, you don't know that they might have terrible relationship with their family. They're not really happy and fulfilled. You know, they're, they're, they don't have the maybe smaller or more abstract things that you have. And if you actually knew that you would be like, no, 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 no. Like I'm very happy where I am now. So I think that that, that to me just rolls big into what you were talking about social media and stuff, because it's easy to play the compare game and it's easy to be like, man, it must be nice to have like all these followers and have a super popular podcast and whatever. But like, a, you never know the work that it took to get there. B, you never know what's actually going on. And the only thing you can focus on is yourself and putting out content, if you want to do that, that is true to you, that is authentic to you, and that you think will you know, just go out there and provide value however that is. Dude, I, uh, it makes me think about Bedros. So you know Bedros. Um, For sure. Um, he put out something. By the way, why, while you're finding that, one thing that I have to point out because someone pointed it out to me and now it's bothering me, I would literally switch it right now mid-podcast if I could. My flag is hung the wrong way. So there's, according to the American flag, flag code, when you hang it vertically, the blue should always be top left and it is top right. I was not aware and I'm actually glad that I was made aware because I, I, I do take that stuff seriously. Like the flags behind me, not because it's just like a, I don't know, like a nice backdrop for the podcast. We've talked about this before, my parents becoming citizens this year and how big of a deal it is and how much I love the fact that we've been able to move here and and what that flag means to me. So I just want to say, I appreciate the person that actually pointed it out and I will be switching it as soon as we're done recording. I would honestly switch it now if I could, but I think it's just not going to be worth the time and effort. Dude, uh, well, that- when you hang the American flag vertically, the blue always goes top left to the viewer. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I probably would have just made sure I, I Googled it before I hung it up on a, on a, on a worldwide podcast, but I'm Dude, really- I, th- I honestly, I thought I did. No, but honestly, I thought I did. That's something that I would check before I did it. But anyway, hey, shout out to that guy and I double, will fix it. Double check from the American uh, flag association and make sure that you're doing it appropriately. I, um, no, I think that's great. Switch it up and we'll check it out for the next podcast. What Bedros put is, um, Life is all about phases and seasons. If you're in a winning phase right now, then enjoy it and show gratitude for it. If you're in a losing phase right now, then know that this too shall pass. Um, and what he was trying to get at in the post, and um, it, hey, by the way, uh, go back to the flag. It's cool that someone was like, uh, I imagine the way that he approached it was like in a very like sense of caring way. Oh yeah. You, which is super cool. Like, I think sometimes this day and age, people feel like they can't provide feedback. They think that you're going to think you're, they're like trolling you or something. But like, at the end of the day, you were just like, Hey, you didn't even know. So like, if you don't know, then you can't improve. Right. And like providing feedback, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that nowadays, like anybody feels they say anything, anybody is just going to get them all freaked out. And I'm sure he probably said it to you in a very like supportive way, you know? Yeah. Well, delivery is everything. Even if you're like posting a comment on social media, or in this case, it was a DM, like, you know, you could easily be like, Hey man, way to not even know how to hang the flag. Right. I would still have probably changed it, but I wouldn't have been like, Hey dude, thanks for doing that. And talked about it here. Cause that would have just made me feel shitty. He was like, Hey man, like 
not trying to bust your chops, but like, just want to let you know, that's not how you hang the flag vertically. And I was like, dude, appreciate the heads up. All good. Bro, it's like, the, I, I told you that time I was wearing like some super bougie cowboy hat, which I actually have sitting over there. And I was just wearing it the wrong way. And the guy just walks up to me. He's just like, hey. <laughs> like just, just give me a little bro, the little bro tap. It's like, Hey man, you're, you're wearing that the wrong way. But you know, back to Bedros thing. I think that he, he brings up a really good point. I think it's something I think about a lot. Um, I, I consider almost like throwing down ropes. And the reality is, is that in life, you're going to have a community of people and some people are going to be thriving and some people are going to be struggling. And, you know, if you take the 10 closest people to you, chances are that 30% are going to be thriving, 40% are going to be somewhere in the middle and 30% or, and whatever, another 30% are going to be struggling with something. And, but I think that, um, my dad used to always talk about this coming from Iran, but this is a good, so I'll read it one more time. Life is all about phases and seasons. If you're in a winning phase, enjoy it and show gratitude. If you're in a losing phase right now, then you know that this too shall pass. And, you know, I think that the lesson there is that when things are going tough, it will pass. You know, Josh Bridges, I talked to him a long time ago about buds. And one of the things that he said was that when he was in buds, one of the instructors, the advice they gave him was like, time cannot stop. Like time will not stop. It will pass. Time will pass. And eventually you will finish this next phase of what you're doing. And it's the same thing going on in life, right? Like if you're, if you're putting in the work, if you're, if you're trying to focus on improvement, like if you're going through a poor season, a losing season, you will get out of that season. You will be winning again. It's just the way the ebbs and flows. And then when you get out of that losing season and you hit your winning season, it'll make you appreciate that even more. Then eventually maybe you'll get into a losing season again and then boom, you'll be focused back up. And I have so many examples of that, but I think that by having winning and losing seasons, it makes you appreciate the wins more because life can be tough and it, it will be tough at some point, you know? So, yeah, man, dude, Jordan. I, I, I think about, think about that a lot, man, because, and, and I've talked to you uh, about this a little bit, because sometimes my biggest fear is that I've, I've felt like, I feel like I've been in a winning season for a really long time. Like I, I feel very fortunate and I'm very grateful for that, man. I really am. You know, I've had great mentors. I've had great jobs. I've had very like fulfilling things that I do. I have a great, beautiful family. Like even like, you know, the crazy things that happened in like 2020, they allowed me to, you know, go and spend a year in the Airstream and find a beautiful place in Texas. And like, it's funny, just the other day I was talking to Ariel, like how different would our lives have been had none of that had happened? Um, and just super grateful for like the cards I've been dealt. But sometimes that does make me nervous for like, man, like, the losing seasons are going to come. They're inevitable. Like shit happens. Life is tough. And sometimes thinking about that, like really puts me on my heels. Cause it's like, I don't think I've been tested with that type of hardship. And I honestly, because of that, don't know how I would respond, but you know, you actually, when I, when we talked about this in the car the other day, you gave me some really good advice in that what's in my control now is a being grateful for the winning seasons that I'm in and still putting in the work with training, with health, with like all these little things so that I am as well equipped as possible for when these things happen and focusing on that, like what's in my control, even that literally that conversation we had that time about it, I think put me at ease in a, in a big way because yeah, it's like, sure, things are going to get tough, but as long as I'm doing everything that I can to be the most, you know, resilient, healthy, mentally stable, like emotionally healthy person I can be, it's going to be okay. 
That's it, bro. And if I think about it like golf. So the other day I was playing golf, which is very, very rare for me, but Ashley's getting into golf. So I, by design, I, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to say I'm getting into golf. So today is a Friday. <laughs> I start off my morning in the garage with 20 dudes training hard. So for those of you who hear me talk about golf and think I'm getting soft, I'm not getting soft. I was crushing it in, in the gym, getting after it. Then I went to the range to get ready for the tactical games. But Jason wife, just said that if you play golf, you're soft. No, no, no. no. I love that because don't, Liz don't on social media teams can listen to this. She's going to get a kick out of that. Comfortable. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, Ashley's been really interested in golf and her friends are playing it. And I'm like, shit, you know, this is going to be a sport that her and I could do for the rest of our lives together. It could be a great way to connect. It's, it's, it's such a great way for us to connect, not just like going to a restaurant or going for a walk, but being able to go do something physical together. Cause we're not going to do jujitsu. We're not going to do CrossFit or training because she doesn't want to do that with me. So what do we have? Well, now that she's so interested, it's gotten me interested. So I, I have two, two points on this. I want to make sure I address what we were talking about. The first one is that this idea that I was playing with this guy. And he was super good golfer. So because of our network, I was able to like, my buddy gave me a pair of golf clubs. Like I, I got it all figured out. So this guy I'm playing with is a scratch golfer. And he's like, my goal on the course is to make my bad shots still like better than most people's good shots. Like, like basically you're never going to have a perfect game of golf. You're going to have bad shots. You're going to have better shots, but your bad shots can't be terrible they have to still be good and that's what really makes a great golfer is that their bad shots are still good but they're not perfect and the analogy i'd give is like with life is like dude if you could put in the work today to reinforce your relationships put in the work in the gym do all the different things when life gets tough which it will hopefully it won't go super bad it'll be within a margin of error that's like within a certain realm but if you're not doing those things, not keeping relationships on lock, not putting in work, not doing self-development, not doing all those things that we know you could do that are in your control, those bad shots could get really bad, right? And so using the golf analogy, it's like, I want my bad shots or my bad days or my bad seasons to be still within a certain realm. I don't want them to go way off the, the, the reservation. And, you know, obviously take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. What I'm trying to say is do things that are in your control. Obviously, when my daughter gets leukemia, or our business gets shut down for COVID, those are extreme cases. doesn't matter what I had done to, you know, that was just a losing, that was a tough season, you know? But I thought the golf was a good analogy. The second thing I want to talk about with golf is that I found this golf pro. And I'm like, listen, this was like, I don't know, a little bit ago. I'm like, listen, um, his name was Jimmy. He had been giving um, Ashley some lessons with a group of girls. So I go up to Jimmy and Jimmy says, what is your goal with golf? I said, my goal is very simple. It's to hit the ball down the middle and be able to play golf with my wife and my friends just to be able to play. I don't want to lose balls. That's my only goal. And so he watches me swing a few times. He goes, ah, this can be easy. I'm like, oh shit. All right, let's go. And turns out I was holding the club the wrong way and, and whatnot. And he made some adjustments and made a huge impact. And the learning lesson there is if you do want to go seek out new skills, go find someone who knows something or two because the chances are they're going to make a small tweak and that can make an instrumental difference in fast forwarding your progress in that particular thing. I have a shooting example too, but anyways, I'll stop on the golf thing. Go golfing is not made for people that are soft. I'm not saying that. 
What I am saying <laughs> is that it's not typically something that draws me in. I'm not like it's it's you know what I mean like we need to create the train hard country club where it's like my country. Oh club, like no, kettlebells, barbells. That's my country club. Oh man, that was funny though. That was funny. So Liz, who uh, produces our podcast, so listens to every episode. You know that she golfed in in college. She's like a she's a badass golfer. No. Yes. Bro, oh, I mean, dude. I don't put it past her. I mean, she's she's athletic. She's great. I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, Liz is. College? Yeah, Liz is a badass golfer. And wait, 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 um, Oklahoma? Didn't she go? Where, where did she go to school? She went to Oklahoma. She went to Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she golfed in college, but she's like a really good golfer. Um, and um, anyway, so she'll get she'll, and kick my she'll get a kick. She'll get a kick out of this. But the 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 golfing thing reminded me. I saw a really cool video, and we can talk about this because you know we both have sons, and it's interesting. So Tiger Woods' son's been getting a lot of publicity lately because he's like kind of coming of age and showing a lot of promise obviously he's tiger woods son so the the genetics are there but this video is really cool it was tiger woods and another golfer that maybe if i knew golf i would know who he is i'm not very into golf but obviously i know tiger woods and they're both mic'd up and they're literally just like it doesn't seem like it's a big tournament or anything but you know they're having a conversation and the other golfer asks him if his son has beat him yet and tiger goes no but he he out. How old is me. Tiger? How old is Tiger? Uh, I don't know, but he's he's getting pretty old. Like he's up there. He's like, like fourteen. Like Tiger Woods. Let's look it up. Insane. Let's look it up. Oh, oh Charlie yeah. Woods is fourteen. Oh, okay. Charlie Woods is fourteen. Yeah. Um, but Tiger said that he outdrove him the other day for the first time ever. And you kind of have to watch the video because he just says that, and like the friend is like, "No way!" And it's 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 crazy, but it's. It's this, it was this such a real moment of like, it's gotta be such a bittersweet time, right? Especially if like, you've been such an athlete, like, I wonder what it's going to feel like for you. What's it going to be like the first day that you go out there and you're like, Hey, we're going to clean heavy or we're going to deadlift heavy. And you just, you have to call it quits before Caden does. Like, it's gotta be a moment of like, you're so proud, but you're so like, damn. And I remember I saw a video the other day where like you raising your son is the only, in the only instance in many ways where you're literally training your replacement. Think about that. Holy shit. In a, in a more broad strokes, like a jujitsu instructor. So I have multiple instructors tell me like, damn, dude, I'm going to show you something, but I really don't want to show you this, but I'm going to show it to you. <laughs> I love it. And, and then you'll use it on them later on. They'll just be like, damn it. It's, but it's just like the, it's the, it's the curse, right? Because your job as a coach is to make other people around you better. And your job as the dad is to help foster this culture where your son is, you know, hopefully a superhuman compared to you. Eventually one day, like it's going to be used against you. And it's like, damn. But yeah, that must be gnarly for Tiger being at his level. I bet it, you, it was it was a cool video, man. It was a cool I'm video because again, like I I can't do it justice, but it was like it was the way he said it and the way he reacted to it. I could I could feel the emotions that he was feeling because it's got to be such a like such a high, but like such a weird low. Like you're obviously not going to be upset about it, but like man, like that's got to be like a fucking feeling, dude. Yeah. Hey, but, but while we're on the note of golf. It's interesting to me because last week or last time we talked, we, we spoke about this idea of like me trying to identify things to do with, with, um, Ava. Mm -hmm. And so I have all these things I do with Caden. I mean, endless. And, uh, you know, but that also goes with your spouse. So like, for me, it's like, what things am I going to do with my spouse? So like currently, like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what we're all about by now, but like, think about the things you do with your spouse. So like for me, when we typically go out for like a date night, what are we doing? We're going to a restaurant, 
we're maybe going out for cocktails, maybe we're going wine tasting or traveling. It's always like kind of stuff like that. We'll go for hikes. We'll do that kind of stuff, but we're never like really, I mean, yeah, we, 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 we play tennis together. We do certain things like that. It's not like we're not active at all, but we don't have like a thing where it's like, Hey, we're going to go travel over here and go check out. And I can't think of a better thing, especially considering the fact that Ashley's so into it than golf, dude. It's like, bro, it gives you time just to like, assuming Ashley will never do the rucks, the jujitsu, the scuba, the, the archery, the, all the things that I'm into, she'll never do those things. So what thing will my spouse do? What are her interests and how can I support that? Like her, uh, you know what I mean? So because she found the interest of golf, it just like, like, dude, I got, I got, I got to man up. I got to step up. I got to, I got to do it. And that's my kind of lesson as of late is like recognizing that. And now it's my responsibility to be able to, to be able to do that with her, you know, cause that's, that's unfortunate if, she, if I, if I wouldn't want to, you know? Yeah. It's a great, I also feel like it's a great compromise, right? Like it's active, exactly. it's outside. Like it's in many ways, the things that you naturally gravitate towards but a little different. It's like just one step removed of like, if Jason could do just whatever Jason wants, it's probably going to be active. It's going to be outside. It's going to, you know, require you to not sit in one place for longer than, you know, three minutes. And this kind of like encapsulates all that. It's not the ideal thing that you would do on your own, given like left to your own devices, but it's only one step removed. And I think that if you are intentional about finding those things that are a little bit of a compromise, it's there for you to find. You just have to do the work. Yeah. I, yes, absolutely. One, one thing I had to put myself in check on is, um, so I was at the range, uh, with this instructor I was talking about, and you're supposed to wear like a collared shirt and it's supposed to be tucked in. And I still don't know all the rules back to the flag example. I still don't know all the rules. And so I didn't know you had to tuck in your shirt. Right. Like I, I just, whatever. I just didn't have my shirt tucked in. It didn't look super sloppy, but it didn't look great. And someone's like, oh, you have to tuck in. <laughs> so of course I took my shirt and part of me. So I tuck in my shirt and part of me is like, do I want to tuck in my shirt? Like, dude, I, come on. But I had put myself in that position. Like if I didn't want to tuck in my shirt or take off my hat when I'm in the restaurant or whatever it is, then I shouldn't even have gone there and been in that environment in the first place. Instead of me, like I had to really instantly reframe it in my mind from being like, dude, I don't want to tuck in my shirt to be like, bro, no one's forcing me to be here. Like I chose to be here. And if those are the rules of the club, those are the rules. And it's like, you got to kind of reframe those things. I think sometimes I want to resist some of those rules, but it's like, then just don't even go in the first place because otherwise you're just, you're just being that guy and you don't want to be that guy. So I took mm. him shirt and I shut the hell up. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's just, you know, figuring out why, why that's something you feel strongly about and then being able to put that aside because I, I, I suspect that that's not the reason that they want you to do that. Right. And you're, you're making some compromises to be in there anyway. I remember the story you said on the Jocko podcast, that's also in the book about how that was such a, you know, turning point for you when you decided to open the gym, when you, you know, like were very intentional about dressing up for the part for this, what was it, an accounting job, but it was like a corporate job. Yeah. yeah. And the, the lady after the interview was like, Hey, just a tip. Like you might want to get a nicer suit next time. And you were like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to work in a place where like, like I need to like get a nicer suit. And then you open the gym. It's a cool story. If people haven't checked out the Jocko podcast yet, um, definitely, definitely highly recommend um, the deep dive into Mr. Jason oh. Kalipa. I knew many of those things about you, 
And I thoroughly enjoyed listening to that podcast. So anyway, I know that that came out, you know, a couple months ago now, but people should definitely go check it out. Yeah. Like, like six, seven weeks ago, it came out the Jocko podcast, like three hours long. And what, what Gabe's referring to is like this, I went to a job interview and basically the lady's like, Hey, I'm going to move you on to the next phase. But before I do, like, can you just wear a nicer suit the next time you come in? And the reason why it threw me off is like, I had legitimately tried. It wasn't like I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts this interview. Like I was really trying to look the part. I really was. And for her to say that to me, I just feel like, dude, like I'm being judged based on my, the way I look instead of like my performance. And it just bothered me. And, you know, obviously looking back on it, she, she didn't mean anything malicious or anything like that. It's just, it just bothered me that I was only being qualified based on the way that I dressed instead of my performance. So after that, but Hey, I'm glad she said that to me because it inspired me to go open up a gym. And here we are. Here we are almost 20 years later. (laughs) uh, Yeah. But I just got back. um, So have you, have you heard of a staccato gun? Have we talked about that? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. Oh yeah. We've talked about that. So Jay, (laughs) I was shooting a staccato today and for those of you who are not super familiar with guns, which I'm not like a huge, like I've, I've gotten more and more interested as the years go on, but dude, these staccato guns, they're out of Texas and they're like handmade. And these things, dude, I borrowed one from a buddy today who's a sheriff and I was shooting at the local department and man, oh my gosh, Gabe, they are like, you guys got to look them up. If you're, if you're interested in getting a firearm, these pistols are like unreal they are like a nothing else i've ever shot and so i just got back from a range because i'm getting ready for the tactical games and it was just fresh in my mind so i want to make sure i give him a shout out shout out to staccato for making a badass pistol that's for sure is something that high level like strictly for marksmanship and competition or is it because i know people also like very nice firearms because that's their passion. Same way people like really nice cars, like really nice, whatever. Bells, whatever. Yeah. But, but, but is this like a specific brand for like, this is what, if you compete in marksmanship, like this is the brand to have the high level. Is that kind of. Yeah. Supposedly like if you compete in shooting, like if you compete in shooting events, this is like the gold platinum diamond standard. Yeah. And they make a variety of different, like, um, sizes right so they, they do make like a like concealed carry size they make a different size and they make like a competition size and you know it's a, it's a heavy pistol i i don't really know how many departments use it as like a duty weapon but it's just phenomenal dude i mean i'm learning a lot more about it and i'll share more on this podcast as i dive deeper in like the tactical games so i sent a message to the um the current owner of the tactical games i was just asking him hey what ranges should i be working at so today for example i was working from 20 yards and I would, um, I did one minute burpees rounds on target. Then I held 45 pound plates with my, just my hands and I was running up and down. And then I was doing shuttle sprints. I was basically trying to get my grip taxed and my heart rate elevated. Um, and the hardest part about this is because it's a 2011 platform. So these are all new things for me. So if you're listening to this, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Neither did I until recently. A, a Glock pa- platform has like certain safety features on it with a, with a, on the trigger and a variety of different ones. A 2011 or a 1911 has a thumb safety. So before you go to shoot, you have to drop the safety or put it back up as a safety, right? So when you pull it out of the holster, it is a little bit different. You have to remember as you're presenting 
to drop the safety. And so that was what I worked on today. I, I, I did dry firing for an hour and then I shot for an hour. That's awesome, man. I'm excited to keep hearing about training, what goes into it, what you learn from it. Um, you know, I think that the whole concept of combining, you know, CrossFit type training or CrossFit type workouts like getting your heart rate up and then having to do something that really does challenge, you know, if you go back to the 10, um, you know, physical traits that you're trying to build, like precision accuracy, like really, really challenges that. Like we talked about this, I think we talked about it on the podcast or maybe we just talked about it, but like, you know, in traditional CrossFit competitions, like when are you really testing that? You know, you could make the argument of the wall ball to the target, but like, I mean, aside from that, like, are you really testing like precision accuracy the way, you know, trying to get a bullet down range does when your heart rate is up after doing a minute of burpees, the cool combination. And I think that it requires a completely different skill set because, you know, if people are listening, they've done CrossFit workouts, like, you know, we can get after it and then be like, you know, eyes crossed, like you're on another planet, but how can you maybe go 10% short of that effort and then be like precise yeah, enough so to be in. able to like control your breathing and do something that requires, you know, a lot of focus and attention. It's a cool yeah. combo. I mean, like, well, for example, today, and I think that there's this misconception of, there's a bunch of misconceptions around this and I'm learning more and more as I go. But like, for example, today I spent two hours at the range and I, dude, I, I didn't put that many rounds actually through the weapon. Like dude, I was doing nothing but dry firing and positions. And it's just like, especially with a rifle, like uh, in tactical games, they have different platforms you you base yourself off. So I'm learning like where my hand goes, how to position, how to get into a prone position. I even like laid down and went sideways and I was getting all this taught to me. And uh, unless you're being shown how to do it, it just wouldn't come organic. And so learning how to use a sling on a rifle to adjust it, these are all skills that I've never developed. And you know, that's something I'm, I'm trying to pride myself on as I'm getting older is like continuing to learn new skills, whether that be on the mats or in this period case, learning how to use firearms. Right. And, and obviously safely, I think is, in, is obviously the primary goal. And then from there, how do you then, you know, learn new skills. And today was a great day. And I, I would recommend anyone who's interested in competing in tactical games to start developing those skills now because there is pretty big learning curve. And if you're not interested at all in the tactical games, then dude, don't worry about it. Go hit the jujitsu mats or go hit a great workout. It's all good. Isn't it fascinating how um, Alex Harmozy talks about this? He has a tweet that I've seen many times where he says that it, you know, and we've actually talked about this in the past. Sorry, my dog's barking. Um, it takes 20 hours to become like fairly proficient at something, right? 20 hours. Now that's a pretty decent amount of time but it's also not that much time. And it's really fascinating how when you first try and do something, like maybe the first time that you did, you know, a bunch of shuttle sprints and like try and shoot down, like it's probably a little clunky, whatever. But then I was there that day when you did it a few more times, we, we weren't there for long. We were there for an hour, but to really see like the progress is impressive and maybe not everyone progresses that fast you know you, you have a lot going for you in that you know you've done exercise for a really long time but i do think that the takeaway for me there is that you can become proficient at something sooner than i think you think if you get past that initial hurdle of you know you do it once or twice and you're like damn this is going to be hard 
Like I remember, dude, the best example I have, the first time that my flight instructor landed the plane and told me to just shadow the controls and watch him do it. Dude, I watched everything he did and was shadowing like what he was doing. He was trying to explain to me. I was like, I'm never going to do this. Like never. I'm right. never going to feel comfortable landing an airplane on my own. Never. Like I was like, I, I got to, I don't think I'm going to do this. Because on then, an airplane, you have foot pedals and you have like a, a you have like the throttle. <clears throat> yeah. So you have, you have the, the rudder. And yeah, so you're basically controlling three dimensions at one time, right? So you're controlling the the yaw, it's called, the pitch, and this way, right? So, and when you're landing, especially, especially if you have like some wind to deal with, you're dealing with all three. You have to make sure that you're not, you know, fucking diving to the ground. You have to make sure that your nose is pointed at center line, and you have to make sure that if there's any crosswind that you're turning the plane into the crosswind. So you actually land on the runway and you're you thinking of all for the, the feet goes this way. Like the feet is for this. It's the called, feet goes... uh, I actually haven't, <laughs> if anyone's watching video, I literally keep this at my desk, but it's the feet controls this. Oh, so the feet, so the feet controls, controls this. Yeah. Then you're um, like the actual steering wheel, which is your yoke yeah. controls that Up the and pitch down, yeah. and this. Oh, it does both. Yeah, because if you pull, you can, what well, you can't do with a steering wheel, obviously, you can't pull it back and you can't push it forward. You can oh. do that with a yoke and then you can turn oh. it like a steering wheel and that turns the plane. But then there's also this, which oh. you have to control for because you're, you know, in the air. So if I was taking a plane, I was trying to go right, I would have to press the right pedal and turn the steering wheel? No. You only turn the yoke and you have to use the, so the rudder you use more to like, keep the plane aligned. So you don't want to make sure that you're like, you're turning and then like one wing is dropping necessarily, if that makes sense. It's a little hard to explain without like being in an airplane. I'm also like brand new, I'm a freaking student, but the rudder is less something that you have to do all the time, but to land, you have to do all three because you're very precise trying to land an airplane like on the center line of a runway. Um, so anyway, that was like, my biggest example of, I literally was like, this is going to be the hardest thing ever. But sure enough, you know, you do it a couple of times, take a couple, like now I am doing solo flights and I've done, you know, probably over 10 landings completely on my own um, to something that, you know, 30 hours of practice ago, I was convinced I was never going to be able to do it. I was like, this seems impossible. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great analogy. So case in point. If your 2024 goals go learn something new, get at least 20 hours in and then evaluate. Same thing goes with jujitsu, dude. I mean, I mean, same thing. I'm goes sure, through. dude. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm you sure that the first, well, you're a whole can, different, you know, I can speak to that because, okay, I haven't joined, you know, a uh, uh, Brazilian jujitsu gym yet, but I've done the sheepdog course and I took that one class when we were at Tim Kennedy and dude, talk about fish out of water. And, and again, like, you know, it's almost, it's one of those things where it's, it's more frustrating because I consider myself an athletic fit, you know, like very well-bodied individual. But if you don't know what you're doing, it actually works against you. Like the biggest thing I learned at the sheepdog course, and you probably obviously know this is if you just try and like, I'm really strong and really fit. So I'm going to use my strength and being really fit without knowing what I'm doing. All the person you're going against is going to do is wait. They're going to wait. They're not going to wait. They're not going to waste a, like a sliver of energy. And they're just going to wait until you're so tired that they can then literally like manhandle you, like 
you're not even trying to move. It yeah. was, it was so, and I remember, and the guy that I was rolling with literally told me, he was like, just like manage your energy, you know? And I was like, he's playing yeah, mind games right. with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's telling me that because he doesn't want me to go hard. And then like, you know, like two minutes into the round, I was completely gassed. And then he was just like picking me apart. You know, he, he, he could do whatever he wanted to me and I had nothing to say about it. Yeah. I watched a video recently and I ended up going to the gym and practicing this because I, I just felt compelled to it. There was a guy that was running a sheepdog course. He was running at another guy. And this one guy gets gets an underhook position. Know the video you're talking about. Yeah, rotates and gets him like in this kind of like a kind of like a judo toss uh kind of position, almost like a leg sweep judo toss type of thing. And so I was watching it. I was like, dude, I was like, you know, I've done all these things before, but I hadn't done it in that like um lens like hey someone's coming coming towards you you're addressing them get underneath what and dude just the video is just so epic this dude just thinking he's gonna like do something and this other guy's be like no sir you ain't doing shit and just boom puts him on his back gets a neon belly oh it was beautiful i don't know you saw that video right i saw that video because they were at the range they weren't even on the mat right that's the video you're talking about yeah they were at the range yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah i saw it. Well, dude, um, the Train Hard app has been officially released. Um, you know, we uh, we're recording this. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be traveling a little bit, so we're we're getting, dude. The app is new, but the app is growing, and the newsletter is rel. You know, newsletter's been around what six months? How long is the newsletter? We're on episode or we're on uh, edition like 21, 22? 21, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is that? If that's four. six months. Six months. Oh, yeah, six months. Years fifty two weeks. So if you haven't gone back and checked out the blog, there's a blog with all the newsletters. And if you're not on the Never Zero newsletter, I think you're missing out. Make sure to respond back to me because I'm on those. If you have questions for the podcast, make sure you send them there so we can answer them on a monthly basis. We've already done January's, but we'll get ready for February's. So make sure you guys send those questions over. Um, any logistical things that we're talking about here? I'm going to be at SHOT Show. So if you are going to SHOT Show, I'm going down there just for a day on Monday, the January 22nd. So this podcast is gonna be releasing when It'll be before that, yeah. This yeah. whole, you're listening to this on release day, it's January 11th. Okay, so then there you go. 22nd, I'll be there. So go ahead and uh, send back an email on the Never Zero if you happen to be there, we'll catch up. Maybe I'll even do some type of workout, but I'm not gonna be there for very long. So just letting you guys know. <clears throat> My first yeah. go in there, man, like I'm not, I don't wanna have this perception, like I'm some big like, shot show guy or whatever guy i'm not i'm just learning and <laughs> you know what i mean like i'm gonna go there and not know anything but that's the whole thing man i'll and i'll share back my my learning lessons on this podcast so i'm, I'm, I'm assuming because i don't even know what shot show is i'm assuming it's like a it's gun show and shooting uh, I, show I, I mean i i think so i mean I've, I've heard that shot show is like the biggest show ever um like that's gonna be cool man it's where is it oh dude it doesn't even start till tuesday so maybe i won't be going to shot show because i'm going down there from 22nd so oh the nation, man the nation's largest out. professional event for the sport of shooting hunting and outdoor industry comes to las vegas wow oh the SHOT Show is restricted to members of the shooting, hunting, military, and outdoor trade industry, including commercial buyers and sellers of military, law enforcement, and tactical products. It is a trade show not open to the general public. 
So maybe you're not going. Although I feel like you can weasel your way in. I feel like I can weasel my way in there. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I am going to it. So I'll have to take some pictures and send it to you. So I'm, awesome, I'm going man. down there just for the day. So if you're in Vegas for that, send us a message. On Very that. cool. Yeah. And Very then, cool, man. And then if you're going to Tactical Games February 24th in, uh, in Arizona. Arizona, I will be competing in that one. So if you're in the, the men's elite division, we'll be throwing down. If you're not, then... If you're in the team or whatever, I'll still be there. So I'm sure I'll get a chance to connect with a lot of you guys if you happen to be in Arizona at that time. A lot of exciting things coming, man. I can't believe it's 2024. I can't believe we're already talking about stuff in late February. It's exciting though, man. It's going to be a good year. We said that last podcast and I, I feel very strongly about it, man. I'm super excited for 2024. Got my big ass calendar staring me back at me. Dude, if you didn't listen to the last episode, Gabe talks about his big ass calendar. Make sure to go check that out because I'm trying to get me a, a big ass calendar. He Gabe's gonna Gabe's gonna change his flag around and then he's gonna uh send me a link for where he got the big ass calendar from. And I have I have a couple new books coming in um that I'm gonna be reading. I'll let you guys know on the podcast what I think about them. But right now, um, I also just ordered in um Andy Frazella's um book, and it's about I, I can't remember the title, but Andy Frazella just wrote a brand new book about essentially hard work. And I'm really interested to hear his take on it. And so I'll make sure to share that with the, with the group as soon as I receive it. Andy Frizzella. It's called, oh, Mental Toughness is the name of the book. The book on mental toughness by Andy Frizzella. I just pre-ordered it. So I will be, as soon as I get it, I'll read it. And I'll let you guys know how it is. Cause he's a friend of, he's a friend of ours. I think it's gonna probably be badass. There you go, man. All right. Well, guys, really appreciate you listening to this podcast. Make sure to go back, check out the other episodes. We'll have you know future guests on. It'll be Gabe and I riffing on what's happening in our lives, um, training, family, business. Um, make sure to check out the brand new Train Heart app, all the programs that we use on a regular basis to get after it. And if you're not using our app, just still train hard, still get after it. This is going to make all of us better as a community. Hope you and your family have an awesome day, awesome week, awesome 24, and keep kicking ass. Let's go.